Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 35 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. I'm here with Bob and Justin. Uh, good morning hey, guys. Hey Ben. Hello. Uh, before we get going, I have some audio I'd like to play you all. Um, so stand by. <laughs> Don't laugh yet. We haven't played it. <laughs> I know you know what I'm going to play. So, all right, here we go. Addressing the heinous attack yesterday and to those who broke the law, you will pay. You do not represent our movement. You do not represent our country. And if you broke the law, you can't say that. I'm not gonna, you, I already said you will pay. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defied the seat of dust. It's defiled, right? See, I can't see it very well. Okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'm going to do this. Let's go. But this election is now over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say... Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? But Congress is certified. Now Congress is Yeah, right. Now Congress is I didn't say over, so let, let me see. Go, go to the paragraph before. Okay? I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack yesterday. Yesterday is a hard word for me. Ah, good. Take the word yesterday, because it doesn't work with the heinous attack on our country. Say on our country. Want to say that? No. No, no, My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. Yesterday is a hard word for me. That's 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 it. That's the 2024 logo. Yeah, uh, slogan. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Yesterday yeah. is a hard word for me. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to hear. Like I said before the show, I, I never want to hear another fucking word about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's age, his stuttering, his alleged cognitive decline. Nothing. Nothing ever fucking again. Yesterday is a hard word for me. That's the end of that conversation. You don't believe Ronnie Jackson that Donald Trump aced his cognitive test? You don't believe? You mean that drunk Ronnie Jackson was maybe lying to people about Donald Trump's mental health? What well, was it? I mean, people, man, camera. What was it? Man, camera. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Yes. Genius. That and is engraved in my brain. And he's in really good. Way. He's really uh, in really good shape. What was he supposed to be like? Two hundred and forty pounds or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sure. Okay. And yeah. if he keeps it up, he will live to be one hundred and fifty. Didn't he say that? <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't actually the the most important thing we take away from from that audio clip. But nevertheless, it does highlight uh, what a complete buffoon uh, Donald Trump 
was and is. Uh, but we are yeah, going to be yeah. diving into that today, the, the January 6th hearings this week, which were, my God, yeah. again, wow, just wow. Um, yeah, so we're yeah. going to be talking about that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the f- hilarious footage of Josh Josh Hawley <laughs> running away from the mob, um, the mob that he he uh, he no doubt helped egg on. Um, but when they got into the Capitol building, he ran. Uh, of course, when it all got a little bit too real for him, we are going to be talking about Bob's article this week on Merrick Garland and whether or not he is going to be prosecuting Trump. Whether the DOJ has enough to go on, and whether Bob, we want to pick your brain about what this means uh yes. with the january 6 hearings is this enough to go on what are the consequences what are the stakes then we are going to discuss a rather shocking story about trump's plan this is a story in axios about trump's plan to gut the civil service completely it should he get in in 2024 uh joe Man- joe mansion's war on the environment we have our both sides segment, and then we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive on Christian dominionism. Justin's been writing about that in the banter in the members only section, and we're going to do mm. a deep dive on that. And I have a, a, a unique take on that as it relates to the environment um, and why dominionism isn't just a threat to the political system, it's a threat to the planet itself. So we're going to be talking about that in the members only section. Hope you can join us there. So, um, Guys, the January 6th hearings this week, um, this was, you know, pretty shocking stuff. Again, like, I always think that I'm not going to be shocked that we all know everything. But, like, again, this was just, you know, when you see it laid out, they're doing a very, mm-hmm. very good job of laying the evidence out and making a very, yeah. it's like a very powerful sort of presentation. Um, and, you know, I think the major thing to take away was that was was it was Trump's just complete refusal to do anything to stop what was happening, to stop that's right, the riot. That's right. exactly. And that is all, I think, summarized in one of the lines from those outtakes of his uh, uh, speech the next day, which is that he said, point blank, into the camera, to the people all around him, I don't want to say the election is over. I mean, that's the big, I mean, the yesterday thing was hilarious because he, for some reason, made them eliminate yesterday from the thing because he couldn't say the word. Mm. Uh, but the the main thing of those outtakes was, I don't want to say the election is over. That mm. was him continuing to perpetuate this fucking lie, the big lie. Mm. And that's, what, that's exactly what he was doing. So he, uh, you know, it's almost like guilt by omission where he's removing things that he wanted to say. It was the same with what he said in the former Rose Garden uh, mm. during the uh, during the insurrection, where not only did he wait a couple of hours, or we waited almost three hours to start shooting that video. And then when he finally did, he was talking about how much uh, he loved the insurrectionists, how special they were, and all that shit was still going on. And then th- the craziest thing was, and this was probably Eric Hirschman's worst moment in the entire set of hearings where, you know, you get the sense that Hirschman is a straight shooter. He uh, clearly loves the F word like I do. Uh, <laughs> but this is one of those occasions where he just looked so out of touch. And, and and by proxy, the rest of the Trump White House looked out of touch because after Donald Trump was finished shooting that video, while there were still insurrectionists committing violence on Capitol Hill, they decided to just wrap up for the day. 
it's, you know, 4.15, time to go home, you know, on a Wednesday in the middle of the goddamn week, time to, you know, call it a day and, and finish up. And, uh, well, but because after all, I mean, there was law enforcement on the scene, so why should we even bother to be here? And uh, the contrast between Eric Hirschman saying that the, the shot of Donald Trump uh, leaving the Oval Office, going to the residence, and then contrasting that with what was still going on on the Hill showed just how out of touch not only Donald Trump was, but the people around him. Some of those people were now considering to be heroes because they responded to a congressional subpoena. Um, so that was a, a bit of a shocking moment, one of many shocking moments from last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, and this, I think Trump's unwillingness to do anything about it, even though, you know, there, do you see the all, all the texts from Don Jr.? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he yeah. was texting Mark Meadows saying, like, you know, basically, basically saying, um, you know, we need to stop, they need to cut this shit out, right? This is, yeah. like, yeah. incredibly damaging to, to, to Trump's presidency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just wouldn't do it. He just wouldn't stop them. And there's, you know, all this footage of, 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 you know, the Mike Pence, uh, the people surrounding Mike Pence, they were genuinely terrified about yeah. what was going to happen. Um, and this, I mean, you know, all, that that was- with, all that stuff with Don Jr. I, I just want to throw this in, Ben, because mm. it really underscores how duplicitous these guys are. Mm. Now, publicly, they're all full of piss and vinegar and bravado. And, oh, it was just they were peaceful protesters and uh, they didn't commit any acts of it. They didn't bring any guns. And then privately, they're like, holy fuck, what's going on? You know, that's the that's the performance. That's the show that the Republican Party is putting on for their easily suckered disciples, not having any bearing in the reality of what these people actually think. The talking points, the messaging, the things they say on Fox News Channel, the things they tweet on Troth Central and so on, uh, Mm. that is all bullshit for their gawking fan base. And we see that every single hearing, Uh, more and more examples of that, their duplicitous nature. And I wonder at some point, will any Red Hats recognize how badly they've been deceived? And my answer to my own question is, no fucking way. They're, no, they're too stupid. Yeah, it's they're too cult. much in denial about it. Well, it's and also it's part of the strategy of the louder we lie and the more we do it in public, the less accountable we'll be. Mm-hmm. If everyone knows we're lying, then we won't be held accountable because everyone no- already knows we're lying. So how can you hold us accountable? That's and right. for some reason, that seems to keep working for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's also highly coordinated, right? This stuff is highly coordinated. I mean, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity spent the entire week basically denying, you know, saying, "Oh, I think Tucker Carlson's line was like, you know, some guy in a Viking hat went to went to the Capitol <laughs> and made some noise. That was it. And the rest of it, he spent the whole oh, week. Yeah, they all have their talking points. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was more, imp- you know, Joe Biden getting COVID, and this was like you know, how we lied about whether vaccines would work and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's almost sort of comic, right? And it, it, it would be yeah. funny if it wasn't so dangerous. It's like, you, you know I, I mean? keep comparing it to Walter White. The Republican Party and especially Donald Trump are like Walter White in Breaking Bad, where everything they say is another lie to help cover up the previous lie. It's like mm. this... 
domino, uh, you know, domino arrangement of lies where one lie feeds another lie, which feeds another lie, which feeds another lie. They're constantly like retconning what they previously said with another lie. It's an amazing mm. thing to look at, and it's got to be an uncomfortable way. I mean, obviously, it's successful for them because they've been able to, or at least in the, in 2020, they were able to dupe 74 million Americans into voting for Donald Trump, despite all of the things. And mm. so I guess it works, but it's got to be a... a <laughs> a ridiculous place to be in where your messaging is kind of confined to uh, retconning your previous lie. It's just an, God, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. I've studied politics for my entire adult life, even going back into my teenage years. And I've never heard of anything like this ever happening in the United States. The only time you ever hear about shit like this are in countries that, uh, you know, Donald Trump would probably refer to as shithole countries. Not yeah, here. Yeah, right. Right. It's 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 a you know, it's a cult. Right. It's a very, very mm -hmm. dangerous cult. <clears throat> and I think that this is what, you know, this is why a long time ago I stopped conversing with Trump people. Yeah. yeah. I, I won't debate. I won't. I'm, I'm not talking to Trump people. I'm not arguing policy with them. Nothing. You, like it's a cult right it's like trying to convince a flat earther that the earth is round like what's the, there's mm -hmm. no point right you're you're dealing with a with a it's an existential threat to the to democracy and to the planet yeah um and the and you know the strategy is to is to defeat them right there are you know cynical players like like tucker tucker carlson knows exactly what this is of right? course and he knows exactly what this is, and he's just he's just doing it for the for the for the money, and he's doing it for the power, mm -hmm. right? So he he's out he's manipulating these morons because it gives him power, right? Tucker and knows he's of yeah. Tucker knows he's full of shit. Steve Bannon especially knows that he's full of shit. Yes. That clip of him earlier this week, for example, where he's outside the courthouse and he's trying to you know, stir up chaos like he always does, talking about where's Benny Thompson? Well, I think Benny Thompson doesn't really have COVID. He needs to be bl like blabbing on and on and on, making up some bullshit about conspiracy theory about Benny Thompson. And at the same time, someone is blowing a whistle <laughs> so that yeah, I saw that. So Amazing, none of Steve yeah. Bannon's audio can be used. But if you look at Steve Bannon's face, you look at the expression on his like necrotic mug <laughs> it, 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 he you can see the smirk like he knows it's bullshit they all know it's bullshit tucker carlson mm. especially knows it's bullshit no mm. one is more establishment washington establishment cocktail party circuit washington than fucking tucker carlson and he's portraying himself as some sort of every man yeah some sort of rogue outsider which is just such horseshit and everyone fucking knows it and and tucker knows that everyone knows it right except except for the rubes and suckers right yeah, they're already yeah. talking about him running for president at some point. It's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. won't that be lovely? Right. Well, he, I mean, here's the thing. Here's one of the key moments from last night that I think dovetails nicely with what we're talking about. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about this because it's clearly and uh, for good reason getting buried by some other information, too, including Josh Hawley and the outtakes and so on. But that series of text messages between Tim Murtaugh and Matthew Wolking, those two uh, top-level Trump aides, on January 9th, so three days after the insurrection, they're talking about how uh, because of the insurrection, they're saying that Donald Trump's whole law and order thing was a lie, 
which is incredibly revealing. And in fact, there was a audible gasp in the hearing room when that frame came up on the screen. But then the thing that also uh, was kind of interesting and insightful to see is a text message by Tim Murtaugh back to Matthew Walking, which said, and this completely nails Trump's criminal mindset, his narcissism. Tim Murtaugh said, you know what that you know what that is, of course, if he acknowledged the dead cop, he'd be implicitly faulting the mob. And and he won't do that because they're his people. And he would also be close to acknowledging that what he lit at the rally got out of control. No way he acknowledges something that could ultimately be called his fault. No way. And that is incredible. Donald Trump refused to acknowledge the dead D.C. cops, the cops who were murdered during the insurrection by Donald Trump's fanboys. Why? Because he didn't want to piss off his fanboys. He didn't want to say his fanboys killed someone. Plus, and this is the main thing, he didn't want to acknowledge that the whole thing was his fault. And if he talked about the dead D.C. cops, who were, again, who were killed in, in Donald Trump's name, mm. he, he would ultimately be called his fault, and he didn't want that. It's the same reason why he didn't want to say the election was over in that video. It's right. all guarding his ass. It's all like staying one step ahead of his previous lie. It's an incredible revelation. And these texts were so insightful into Donald mm. Trump's mindset, not only because they're insightful, but because they confirm so many things we've been talking about for the last six, eight years about Donald Trump. We have all nailed his psyche. And to see this coming from uh, Donald Trump insiders, top aides inside the Trump White House who had close access to his thinking, to his decision-making process, to his myriad flaws, and just the whole range of Trump things, and they're saying it. So this is confirmation of everything we've been saying about Donald Trump, meaning that what we've been saying is 100% true. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Bob, you wrote about uh, this week about the about Merrick Garland and the DOJ. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can we can talk about that um, sure. just quickly before we before we jump into that. I wanted to bring up um, Josh Hawley because this is just a, <laughs> a, a moment of levity, a small moment of levity. Uh, Josh, Congressman Josh Hawley, who is a big Trump guy, he's this sort of geek geeky law dude who has now who who basically tied himself to the Trump movement and tries to portray himself as this sort of populist figure uh who was basically giving fist bumps out to the pro, to the to the mob um before they stormed the capitol and then when they stormed the capitol there's footage of him of him of him running away right of him <laughs> frightened for his life right and and yeah. uh, Getting his uh, his uh, lily white ass out of the <laughs> out of harm's way before they could do it. You know, when it got too real, it was all a bit too much for this poor chap. Brave, brave Sir Holly, Sir yeah. Holly ran yeah. away. <laughs> it really, it just sh it just shows you right the sort yeah. of the, the cowardice of these Republicans, the ones mm -hmm. who are who who are enabling this stuff and enabling these these like lunatics to take over the country. You, you know the, what I mean? Because they're playing yeah. with fire. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's another example of their hypocrisy. They're one thing in public, and then they're an entirely different thing when doors are closed. And obviously, you're going to get a little bit of that with a lot of politicians, because mm. politicians by nature are at some level duplicitous. That's what they are. That's what politicians are all about. But mm. with the Republicans, they've elevated it to a new level. And Josh Hawley fist pumping in front of the insurrectionists. And then once he gets inside, it's like, pew! You, like you could see like the cartoon smoke be under his feet, like Wiley e. Coyote or the Roadrunner or something like that. I, my, my favorite gif of the entire night on Twitter was someone posted that clip from the uh, M. Night movie Signs, where mm. it's the videotape footage of those kids at the birthday party, and that's when they first see the alien running across the alleyway, and they all freak out. That that gif was so per- That's exactly what Josh <laughs> Holly looked like, like that alien dashing across the alley in that <laughs> fucking movie. Perfect. Well, he knew that if they caught him, they didn't care if he was a Republican or a Democrat, they would have killed him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he could have been like, I one of you, I one of you, and they just would have killed him anyway because they Prove were just it. they wouldn't have cared. Yeah, I mean these are QAnon people in there too. I mean they don't believe jack shit what anyone tells them. I mean Josh Hawley could be standing in front of them going, I'm Josh Hawley. I'm with you. I'm from the great state of Missouri. I'm a United States senator, and I support you. And they would be like, Prove it. Prove it, sucker. We're gonna yeah. And then the noose comes out, and that's it for Josh Hawley. They're that they're just that paranoid. Right. And this is they they and I think this is one of the reasons why the MAGA movement has has essentially taken over the GOP, because they are afraid now of their own voters. They're afraid of their own supporters. They can't it's too much now. They've they've created a monster that they cannot control anymore. And that mm. monster, you know, stormed the capital. And that monster now is, it's the, you know, the cat's out of the bag. You can't do anything about it anymore. Like, you just have to, you know, you just have to sort of get on side with them. Otherwise, they will literally kill you. You know, they'll yeah. vote you out of office. And now, you know, you've got these kind of lunatics who are willing to bring arms and storm the capital. They're willing to plan a, a military-style operation against their own government, right? That's mm-hmm. what, that's how dangerous this stuff is. Yes. Um, but moving on to Bob, your piece this week on um, on Merrick Garland and Trump, mm-hmm. thought was very very interesting, right? Because you've been somewhat skeptical about Merrick Garland and somewhat you not been that hopeful that he'll do anything about this. But you're now. Do you, would it be fair to say that you're you're changing your mind? Oh no, well, no. I, I think I've always been both hopeful and skeptical, mm. and. When I say skeptical, I don't mean that, oh, yeah, fuck it. Merrick Garland's not doing anything. I'm not one of those guys who's just like, why isn't he doing anything? I recognize that he's doing something, but I'm skeptical in terms of uh, not only the reach of the investigation, but in terms of the timing, the ability to complete not only an investigation, but a prosecution, a conviction, uh, all of that within potentially the next uh, two years and a handful of months because right. I have, you know, here's something I'm really skeptical about. I'm really skeptical about the wisdom of the American voter. <laughs> I've said yeah. repeatedly that I'm so incredibly disillusioned with the American, with the quote unquote American people and their inability to make the right decision. COVID has been a huge wake up call for me. We just couldn't do it. We made all the wrong decisions. I mean, mm. just we made wrong decisions in ways that uh, you see illustrated in 
like childhood fairy tales and um, Mr. Do and Mr. Don't in uh, highlights for children, things like that. <laughs> Goofus and Gallant. Goofus and Gallant. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, those are the kind of fuck ups we as a people have made. And to a certain extent, we're all uh, uh, guilty of that. And mm. we just the fact that we elected Donald Trump once. And I know there are asterisks, a whole series of asterisks after that statement about how he got elected and why he got elected. But the fact that he got more votes in 2020, holy God. So. Um, I don't feel as though in 2024, the American people are going to make the right decision. I'm happy to be surprised, obviously, if they either reelect Joe Biden or if something bad happens and Joe Biden doesn't run for reelection, whoever the Democrat might be. But I'm not in, I'm not at all confident in that outcome. And if a Republican like Ron DeSantis or whoever, I don't know, I mean, it may not be Ron DeSantis. Everyone's saying Ron DeSantis it may not be him. Um, but regardless of the Republican, if a Republican gets elected, one of the first things they're going to do is to pardon Donald Trump and all of his henchmen. That is oh, yeah. automatic. There are no two ways about it. That will happen. Yeah. And so that gives Merrick Garland and this Justice Department approximately two and a half years to complete whatever investigation that I believe is underway into Donald Trump, which means that whatever that memo was earlier this week is completely irrelevant when it comes to Trump himself. Mm. The next thing is they have to charge him. And let's say they charge him the day after the midterms are over. They indict him or there's a, you know, a pre-dawn raid or whatever the fuck happens and they get Trump and uh, and then the trial process begins. Donald Trump is notorious for running out the clock. And yeah. I'm afraid that what he's going to do is try to run out the clock because that's the way he always operates. And so can they really uh, uh, charge, uh, put on trial and convict a former president for something as serious as seditious conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are like five different charges. Inciting a rebellion, I believe, is is probably the harshest charge that are mm. potential for Donald Trump. I don't think they can. I don't think they can do it. That's why, I mean, that's the main thing why I'm skeptical. But everything that Merrick Garland has said and everything that we've heard out of the Justice Department over the past couple of weeks, and you could go back even further than that, indicates that something is happening at that level, at Trump's level. He was, Merrick Garland was asked repeatedly this week, you know, what are you guys doing? And uh, Merrick Garland has uh, said that, you know, no one is above the law. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what level that person is at. If they have uh, attacked our democracy, we're going to pursue them. And it's very clear. And not only Merrick Garland, but also Deputy AG Lisa Monaco has been talking along those lines, too. Plus, we get uh, reports from The Wall Street Journal indicating that they're adding more prosecutors into this uh, whole thing because of the, quote unquote, turbocharged interest in Mr. Trump. Mm. So this is is moving. The The train is moving. And Donald it's Trump is, enough, yeah. is on the tracks. <laughs> yeah. It just it hasn't been quite fast enough. And I understand why it's it's been slow, because to a certain extent, as I wrote in the piece, Merrick Garland is blazing a new trail here, one that's never been blazed before. And therefore, I think 
because he's an institutionalist, he wants to make sure the process for investigating a, fir- a former president is completely on the level so that if there's a, a good president who hasn't committed any crimes, but is being pursued by political partisans like Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates and all of those freaks and weirdos, that if the AG in that period of time investigates this innocent president, then the process for that AG and that Department of Justice will follow the precedent established by Merrick Garland. And that's a process that we hope will take place. And it's, yeah, it's, more, it's more likely to take place if Merrick Garland has established the precedent. And we know for a fact that what the Republicans will do with the first chance they get is they will seek payback. Their entire, their messaging, their, uh, the, the way they behave, the investigations they conduct in Congress, for example, it's all about, I know you are, but what am I? Everything mm. that we said about Donald Trump for four years plus, they are now recycling. The cognitive stuff, for example, they're recycling all of that to attack Joe Biden. It's what they have always done and what they will always continue to do. So because we have uh, impeached Donald Trump twice, And because we have launched this investigation, this broad reaching investigation into the insurrection at the DOJ, plus the one six committee, of course, the Republicans will seek revenge along all of those avenues. They will try to impeach Joe Biden or whoever the president is. They will investigate with committees. They'll investigate the committee. They'll form a committee to investigate the one six committee. Uh, Plus, if they get a chance, they'll do a DOJ investigation, too. So you hope that it's, you know, that Merrick Garland is establishing rules and, and you hope that the future AG under a Republican president will follow those rules. Yeah, I hope you're right on that. I have my doubts about Merrick Garland. And I think that, you, you know, I don't think he was a great choice for the attorney general. We'll see whether that turns out to be right or not. I think if he doesn't try to prosecute Trump, we'll know that he was definitely not the right choice. Well, we, uh, we don't we don't we're uncomfortable with Merrick Garland because Merrick Garland isn't as political as we might be. And I think right. we would be a little bit, I, I think if I was the attorney general, and I'm not even a lawyer, but if I were the inter- attorney general, people would be like, oh, well, he's just doing a political witch hunt. And it would be obvious because of what I've read and what I've said in public. It's a, mm. With Merrick Garland, you can at least have that level of legitimacy where it would be very difficult for anyone to point at Merrick Garland and say, oh, yeah, he's just a partisan hack. But that's what they're going to say anyway. But the, well, but, they're going to say what, it anyway, but it's not going to stick. It's not going to stick with the independent voters. Uh, obviously, it's going to stick with red hats for sure. But there are still swing voters in this country that matter. And mm. it's not going to stick with them. They're, uh, if, if they're at all paying attention, it's not going to work. It'll obviously work with some people, as I said, but maybe um, not. That. I have to yeah. say, I felt better after reading your article, Bob, because I've been like freaking out over everything that Garland is not saying and what he mm. is saying. But I do feel really, really stressed over the fact that the Department of Justice was surprised. And that is like a direct quote about all of the stuff that the um, uh, the the one sixth committee has been uh finding out about trump and it it just says to me that they're not looking very hard and that reminds me of the Mueller probe where it was intentionally limited in order to make it the least likely to actually find anything that would incriminate trump and his uh regime and i can't i can't help but feel that they were doing that again that they were like 
putting their fingers in their ears and looking in the other direction so they wouldn't have to do anything about Trump. And the January 6th committee just kind of said, yeah, that shit ain't happening. Fuck that. Well, Here's I, all this evidence. Now you have to do something. I mean, I, I sympathize with that. I mean, that uh, is, I think, a uh, relatively solid point of view on this. However, I think between the 1-6 committee and the Department of Justice, the process has been different in terms of how they're approaching it. I think with DOJ, the primary starting point was with the foot soldiers. And so I think Matthew Graves, the U.S. attorney in D.C., and the investigators in the FBI and so on are starting, they're building from the ground up their case. And uh, I think the 1-6 committee because it is partly political, and that's a fact, it's the fucking House of Representatives, right. uh, they're pursuing more of a shotgun approach where they're hitting every level all at the same time. And maybe that's what the DOJ should have started by doing. But this, I'm, I'm only saying this to explain the disparity between the two uh, approaches. Well, I mean, not for, I mean, I get that the, the January 6th committee, their goal is to hold... Um, Trump and the Republicans accountable, and that's not exactly the that's not the stated goal yeah. of the Department of Justice because right. again they can't be political that way. But the fact that they haven't seen any of that information, like they didn't look at any of that stuff beforehand, yeah, that's concerning. It's like, come on, man! It's been it's been over a year. You didn't look at any of that yet. What are you waiting for? It's you've had they've had plenty of time and it's like it, it's not like they didn't know that stuff happened. It's, I know they're starting from the bottom and working their way up. But while you're working your way up, you still want to take a look at the top and be like, OK, what were they doing while these guys were doing this stuff? They it's not like they don't have the resources for it. But however, they are bulking up their staff in those departments, in those areas. So that's that, good. That makes me happy. It's like, OK. They're finally putting the time and effort into it. Good. Do that. Yeah. I remember, too, that we're talking about law enforcement people because these investigations take place at the FBI level. Uh, certainly, U.S. attorneys are involved at the same time. But uh, see also prior comments about Donald Trump purging the uh, all the cabinet level agencies, at least for starters. Uh, of any disloyalists and replacing them with people. I mean, he would, we've read countless reports about how he would interview officials by asking them whether they're Trump or Hillary. And if they you know, wouldn't answer or if they would actually say to Trump's face that they voted for Hillary, they'd be replaced or not right. hired in the first place. So yeah, it's so entirely possible, that just much like the Secret Service, that the FBI has got some uh, Trump loyalists in there who have been slow walking or dragging their heels or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so an actual deep state. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Well, that's the big, that's the great irony about the deep state is that, or the swamp, is that Donald Trump and his henchmen are the swamp. You know. Right. And, and I think this is, you know, this brings us to the, you know, to the next segment of the podcast, which is this story that was broken by um axios actually which was uh the the headline was a radical plan for trump's second term right this is jonathan swan in, in axios so it's a huge 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 piece um and the daily beast has done a good summary of it so i'm gonna i'm gonna just read from there because this this provides a very good kind of overview of what this what this has uncovered right so donald trump 
would fire tens of thousands of civil servants and bring his key January 6th allies to the White House and Cabinet in a move that would fundamentally redesign the government to suit his agenda if he is elected to a second term, according to a new report. After speaking with close allies of the former president, Axios reports Trump would purge staff at the Justice Department, State Department and Pentagon in his early days back in the Oval Office in 2025. Um, the outlet's investigation says the plan would be based around an executive order called Schedule F, which was secretly developed and then publicly launched in October 2020 before being rescinded by President Biden. The order established a new category of employment for federal workers. Trump would resurrect the order if he returned to the White House, which would see thousands of workers who have an influence on policy reassigned as Schedule F employees. After being reassigned, the staff would lose their employment protections and estimate from a Trump official who worked on the order said that as many as 50,000 workers could be subject to such reassignment. If he became president again, Trump could theoretically fire tens of thousands of them without the employees having any ability to appeal their sacking. He could then fill the vacancies with people he deems more loyal to him and his America First program. Such a plan would completely gut the American civil service and could potentially burden future presidents with the decision of bringing in their own partisans to replace those of their predecessors. That's the Incredible. gist of it. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. And and I, and I think that this is what's at stake. Like you're, you know, if if this guy isn't stopped from running again, this is what's going to happen, right? Trump is going to run again because he thinks it will get him out of jail, right? He, I think he's concerned about a trial. I think he's all these, you know, these movements happening at the DOJ, like. Trump's not an idiot. He's he's stupid, but he's not an idiot, if that makes sense. Um, so he understands legal risk. He understands when he's you know there there is a real threat to his life, right, or, or or life as a as an influential billionaire out of jail. So he knows that this is bad. The stakes are high. So he'll run for president, and he can protect himself. And what he's going to do is he's going to continue his plan of essentially turning is hit him and Steve Bannon. This is basically Steve Bannon's idea of how to completely destroy the government. You know, you, you take a bulldozer to the federal government. Yeah, and- so he, what he says is deconstruct the administrative state. And right. the reason I know yeah. this is because he never shuts the fuck up about it. Right, <laughs> that's right. how I know. It's it. not. It's, they always tell you what they're going to do. This yeah. is the thing. Yeah. Right. The, these Trump lo- idiots. They always tell you what they're going to do, and they do it, and we don't listen. Right. For some reason, we just think, oh, it's not going to be that bad. It is going to be that bad. It is going to be that bad. Right. And this Axis report is basically proof that they have this. Like this is a fascist coup. This is exactly what, how fascists take over governments and essentially end democracies. Like this is it's textbook. So you know, pay attention. And I think if you know, this is then I, I hope that there's the White House can exert some sort of political pressure on or, or some pressure on the DOJ to fucking hurry up with this because this is very very serious and this could be the last literally the last investigation into a president in American history right it, it's even it's either the you know what I mean it, it's uh, it, it could be it could well be the last right it could be the the first one to try and indict a former president or the last one all right you know? so two things two things to note about this uh um Schedule F thing is one, it won't be just Trump. If Trump were to drop dead tomorrow and DeSantis becomes the presumptive nominee for the Republican Party, DeSantis will do this. I guarantee it, or any other Republican, because they all right. So the 
the thing that Trump ran into when he was trying to do all of the things he wanted to do in the government that were essentially illegal is that too many civil servants were like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because it's illegal. No. Even if they were Republican, they were civil servants first, and they were like, no, that's illegal. I'm not going to do that. So that was the deep state they kept complaining about was these people won't do the illegal things I want them to do. I hate that. So any Republican president gets in is going to do this. It won't just be Trump. They won't necessarily have Steve Bannon in their ear, but they're going to want to remove as many people who are not willing to violate the law on their behalf as possible. And once they get away with that, they're going to go after the rest of the civil servants because there's like two million of them. And if you can purge the civil, if you could purge the federal government of anyone that you don't think is loyal to you, and this is, I've been talking to Debbie about this for a long time. It's like they will go after anyone that they feel is not loyal because if you have an entire government filled with red hats, you can do anything. And you can punish anyone you want. It's like you, the IRS can be your weapon in, in ways that um, Nixon couldn't even conceive of because they'll all be on your side. And, oh, you can get rid of all those people that, don't, that, don't, um, that aren't on your side. And you can punish, you can own the libs, and you can weaponize the federal government at the same time. It's a, it's a win-win situation. So, And even though all those other civil servants aren't going to be part of the Schedule F and they are protected, do you think the courts are going to uphold that? Of course not. They're all, they're all filled with um, Republicans. They'll just say, yeah, whatever, do whatever you want. We, we, we're, we're, we're the Supreme Court. We no longer have any say in this sort of thing unless we feel like it. So go ahead. Fire all those civil servants. Knock yourself out. Ta-da. That's exactly what they'll do. Yep. I they'll have... just reshape the entire government and fill them with red hats. Right, I have absolutely no doubt about that whatsoever. No, I think it's look, it's 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 pretty scary. Um, and again, like this is what's at stake coming up in the next, in the midterms. This was at stake for the twenty twenty four elections. Um, I don't know how many times we have to. Say, how much evidence do we need to have? How many how many times do we have to hear this before the American public understands what's happening? But like Bob, as you say. Uh, my and my faith in the American people to make the right decision has been has been extreme. <laughs> has been oh my god, gas is so expensive. Oh, yeah. put the fascists in power. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah that's exactly. Better make things better. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I see like last night a lot of people were posting screen grabs of what was going on on Fox News Channel while mm. we were all like the rest of the country is watching the one six hearings, and a lot of that shit. I'm looking at those chirons and. I don't know. There was one thing about, uh, I don't know, Jesse Waters was talking about how he just got a new haircut and Tucker Carlson was just talking about just completely nonsensical bullshit. And I'm looking at those screen grabs and, and then part of me is going, well, maybe that's real America. Maybe that's really what Americans are all about by and large. And we're just out of touch with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm wrong. I'm not saying that that's necessarily true, but in my darkest hours, I'm like, Maybe we're the ones. Maybe our, uh, you know, our adherence to facts and science and the truth and democracy and the Constitution and things like this. These are all what we believe in. But maybe the rest of the country doesn't. Maybe, maybe Donald Trump 
is the president that America wanted and deserved because he reflects how fucked up the United States and its people really are. I, and that's, there's my cynicism coming forward. No, and I think, but it's totally understandable to have those feelings because I think that, you know, what we've learned over the last, you know, five years um, is that, you know, we look back in history, we look back at history and we say, oh, you know, we think democracy is the norm. Like we just, you know, that's, it feels like that's the way it's always been, but it, but it's not. Human history is bloody, brutal, violent, um, full of tribal warfare, uh, you, you know, nation states going to wars, war with each other. You know, a lot of the world is still basically fascist and, and or communist or uh, run by dictators and whatnot. So this is, you know, it's an experiment. Democracy is, is an experiment. And that experiment has essentially, it, it only continues if enough people are willing to kind of fight for it. Uh, and I think what we've learned over the last five years is that the margins are close, like super close. You know, it's like two, three percent of the population. There's a two, three percent difference. That's how tight the margins are. In in, uh, in 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 any nation, in any society. I mean, look at what's going on in France now. Marine Le Pen, the fascist right in France, is now a a serious political force, right? Like that's almost half the country is is Le Pen, or, or it's the same proportion as as the MAGA nut, nut jobs, right? Um, it's constantly there. This element of in society, this this sort of darker instincts of humanity, these tribalistic instincts, are are always there. Um, and they, under times of pressure, under times of economic uncertainty, uh, you know, they're going to rear their heads again, again and again and again. You know, the Nazis came to power because of huge political instability and economic instability in Germany. Right. So, you know, and I think feel like this is what's sort of happening again. Right. The, the times are quite dangerous. There's, we've got climate change. We've got economic instability. We've got war, uh, you know, um, in the Ukraine. So. Because of these things, this is when when the strongmen come to power. This is when they when they pick their moments, right? And we're still in that in that state where things are, you know, people are not they don't have a lot of hope for the future right now, uh, and understandably so. So when some charlatan like Trump comes around and says, "Hey, I'm going to solve all your problems," and Daddy Trump's going to going to I alone can guys. fix it. <laughs> yeah, I alone can fix it. You know, people. People believe it. People want to believe it, and they'll go and vote for it. So it is down to it, it is down to the the few to to fight for democracy and convince enough people that it's worth fighting for. I think you know, and that's kind of the, that's the situation that we're in. So I think those this is not a historical anomaly. This is this is humanity. This is basically we're just seeing like this is our true sort of history, our true nature. We're trying to revert to type. Yes. Well, look. Speaking speaking of climate change, um, so Joe Manchin. Boo. Joe Manchin. So I I don't want to make this just about Joe Manchin because this is really about Joe Manchin and his fellow Republicans. Yes, it's Joe Manchin and the fellow Republicans, right? So Joe Manchin basically killed off the Democrats' agenda, right? So he. Uh, this is. Um, he essentially Joe Biden's climate plans were scuffed at the last minute. He, he, Manchin has been saying that he would do a deal with the Biden administration. They've been negotiating for months and months and months. And as he always does at the last minute, he says, "Yeah, I can't do that." Yeah, he's such a lying piece of shit. 
And I wish right. he would just stop being a liar about it. Just say, just be honest. It's like, I'm not going to give you anything. Ta-da. Mm. And that's it. Just be honest. Just be be honest about it and stop being a lying piece of shit fucking over his own party because that's what he's doing. Mm. Yeah, it's and I think that, you know, the Democrats are basically, they, they seem like they're kind of done with him, right? He's basically scuppered Biden's climate plan. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of done with him. I don't know whether this, whether he cares or not. Uh, he, he's but, an immo- he's an immovable object. He's not going to change his uh, posture on the filibuster. He's not going to change his posture on climate or what I've been referring to as human extinction, which is hmm. a, which it is. Uh, and so uh, I think we're spending a lot of energy attacking Democratic leadership because of Joe Manchin, hmm. uh, and we're wasting those attacks. We're undermining the democratic party's reputation uh, mm. in pursuit of getting someone who is ungettable. And so I think we need to change our tack a little bit as far as how we approach uh, jo- the Joe Manchin situation. And I think it needs to switch over to, well, just, we got to elect more senators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make Joe Manchin elect, irrelevant. Elect That's the two more senators, very clear course of action. Rip him here. of everything. Yeah. It's like, Hey, we don't need your vote anymore. All your committee assignments gone. Go fuck on. off. Yeah. Go fuck right. off to the Republican Party if you want. You're not getting <laughs> shit anymore. You have nothing now. Sorry. Yeah, I think you didn't give us anything. Now yeah. you get nothing. Now you get nothing. Right. And so I, I think Bob, you make a very good point. Right. It's the the, the Democrats get tarnished uh, by Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema constantly do this. They're constantly holding up the Democrats' agenda uh, for their own political motivations which is you know somewhat I, I get it i understand that joe munchin is in west virginia and that is that is deep 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 trump territory right yeah, so his I, joe, biden, joe biden lost west virginia by 38 points yeah yeah it's nuts right and, and by the way i just want to add uh joe biden lost west virginia by 38 points to donald trump and yet joe manchin despite all of the frustrating things about him has actually voted with joe biden 90.4 percent of the time according to Mm. nate silver's math and so that's you know he's not fucking sucks he is a fucking pain in the ass and he's going to destroy humanity and a lot of other species with it because of how awful he is uh, but he has also kind of voted with with uh, Joe Biden's agenda uh, most of the time. Yeah, so so I mean, I think the, 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 obviously the best thing would be to expand the majority in the Senate. I mean, really, you, you make him irrelevant, and like when he votes along with the Democrats, great. When he doesn't, you know, who cares? It, does, it, it doesn't make any any difference. But I do. Yeah, I I can't help but be just be so frustrated with the guy, um, just because he strings the Democrats along constantly he constantly strings them along and he does it because he i think he does it because he likes the attention um i just think well, he and it also them. helps him electorally because republicans in his own state support him yeah They're like oh you stuck it to the democrats we like you yeah it's like okay that's not really how that should work if you're a democrat you shouldn't be pandering to republicans by fucking your own party right 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 so the the best thing would be to make him irrelevant i think but right now he isn't irrelevant. So I don't really know what Biden can do. You know, executive actions on the on on the environment. The president is quite limited in what what he can do. I mean, it's not it's not impossible. You can do some stuff without you know without the house. Um, but 
you know, executive ruling by executive action is not it's not a great way to rule to to, to run a country. It really right. isn't. And the because, Supreme Court is just going to strike anything down that's you know they don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the, the next president, the, the next president comes in and just gets rid of all of it, right? So it, it, you know what I mean. Without any sort of, they don't have to go through Congress to get rid of it. They don't have to go through, uh, you know, um, the same sort of procedures that that were there to get stuff passed. So I think um, I get it. I think Biden's going to, you know, they're talking about a, you know a whole host of actions to to basically make up for this lost opportunity but it's not going to be enough it really isn't so yeah 2020 20 the the midterms this year are extremely important again if we want to have a planet that's habitable you know, and i'm I, I, this is i'm talking to people in the uk a lot now right and um checking in on, on their well-being because temperatures are now so high in the uk that potentially thousands of people are going to die like london was reaching temperatures of 104 degrees this is insane the country can't withstand temperatures like that and yeah, i'm assuming know, the, the their electrical is, grid isn't set up for like you know if everyone suddenly gets their hands on air conditioners i'm i'm assuming they can't handle that kind of surge in power no, they, they can't they yeah, can't. The, the yeah. really the really sobering aspect of this is five years from now people are going to look back at this summer right now in the uk and and here in the united states as well and go, hey, you remember how cool it was back then? Yeah. <laughs> remember how mild <laughs> that summer was? Right. Because right. obviously subsequent summers are going to get worse and worse and worse. Ten years from now. Jesus Christ. I can't even imagine ten years from now. Mm. So, well, look, guys, mo- mo- moving on. We're going to go into our uh, both sides segment where we discuss Republican insanity and prove definitively that it is not the same as any extremism on the left. Uh, while there are extremes on the left they are nothing compared to the right um so i'm gonna go first with my pick this week so my pick this week was a lovely woman named um uh alison steinberg i think on the oan network i don't know whether you guys saw this um so this is so (laughs) this was this was in response to joe biden getting covid right so the president's got very mild symptoms. He's taking Paxlovid. Uh, he's obviously been, he's had two doses of the the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine and he's had his booster shots. He's had two booster shots as well. So, you know, he's going to be fine. He is fine from everything we've heard that he's absolutely fine. So this woman, this OAN lunatic woman um, did a video on Instagram. She, she, she says, what do you think is going to happen? She says, will he come back and say he's so glad he got the shots? It could have been much worse. Or do you think he's going to... And then she made a slicing motion across her neck, indicating you know, the fact that Biden could, could die. Uh, so she thought, this was, she thought this was funny, right? She thought this was hilarious. So she's out there <sighs> mocking Biden for getting COVID, mocking the vaccines, um, and then having a sort of an informal poll on whether the president's going to die or not. This is the right in America. This is the OAN network that Trump goes on. This is the OAN network that Republican congressmen go on all the time, right? That like now this is OAN is like, it's like Fox news on crack cocaine, right? Um, but it's now becoming part of the establishment. And this woman is now that's, that's, that's the MAGA. That's where the Republican party is. Uh, and now it's quite okay to mock the president getting COVID and do a poll to your readers, whether you think he's going to die or not. It's 
yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. Now, now, to be fair, now to point out, when Trump got COVID, a whole lot of people on the left did the same thing, but none of them were on the major networks. Yeah, of course. On Twitter, you're going to difference. Yeah, you, you, on Twitter, yeah, for sure, you're going to see you're going to see that that kind of stuff on Twitter, right? And exactly. The fact, but they right. weren't in front of a camera getting paid a lot of money by a news network to do it. Yes, right. And and the fact that also, I mean, it was slightly fairer when it came to Trump, given the fact that he essentially it, it was like a lemming, right? The guy was holding super spreader events, refusing to wear a mask. Um, and uh, convincing true. most all of his followers not to wear masks or like you know not to take COVID precautions seriously. Um, so then when he got COVID, you know I didn't I didn't want anything bad to happen to the guy. I I was I wasn't out there mocking him for getting COVID. Um, oh, I did, and I yeah. was. <laughs> You're much nicer than I am. It's probably because you, 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 you it's probably your British blood. You're way, but, way more polite. <laughs> but it, but it's with – but Joe, I, I, what I also don't understand is the hatred towards Joe Biden. How can you hate Joe Biden, right? I, I just I just don't get it. I get how you could – who's that? who was that lawyer? Who was that crazy lawyer that um, – uh, Sydney something or another? No, no, no. There, there was a lawyer that was – for a moment, the Democrats were all over this lawyer. They really liked him because he was uh, he was always – I think he went – the Stormy oh, Daniels lawyer. Oh, the one lawyer. who was – he was the lawyer for the um, – uh, Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. Oh, yeah. fuck. Michael Avenatti. No, not Scaramucci. Like Avenatti. Yeah. Was it Avenatti. Michael Avenatti? Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, I could get why you would hate a guy like that. I can get that. Right, I can understand why you think this guy is a douchebag, right? And he turned out he was a douchebag, and that's fine. So you mocking him is – I think that's fair game, but but Joe Joe Biden, how I don't understand the right they mock this guy and wish him dead, um, <clears throat> and he's you know he's about as sort of moderate a Democrat as you're going to get. He's very you know he's just an old school Democrat. He works he's worked Republicans his entire life. You know Republicans all report that they like him personally, that he's a good man, he's a decent guy, um, yet. It's now okay in Magaland to mock the guy and hope that he dies. It's it's just I don't understand it, you know. Well, because they have to hate us. It's yeah. the only way they can justify what they do is they have yeah. to hate that's us. That's well, that's the primary thing. They have remember what I said about uh, what I said earlier about I know you are, but what am I? Mm. They've taken our like existential concern about the Republican Party regarding how they want to end democracy and all of these things and calling them fascists and so on. And and they're taking that and they're co-opting that and using that against us. It's a, a projection and it's this whole thing where uh, they're just, they're nullifying all of our attacks, making it all seem like, well, both sides are screaming the same thing at each other. And then people hear that and they go, well, why even bother with politics? Why bother voting? Because both sides are saying the same shit and they just give up. And the giving up is what, regular people giving up on American politics benefits this move toward autocracy, move toward fascism. It's it's kind of ingenious in its kind of super villainish way. Mm. And as always, every every Republican accusation is a confession. Yeah, right. Perfect. Right, exactly. Um, all right, guys, who do you, who do you have? Uh, Justin, who's your pick for this week? All right, I got a guy named Mike. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Uh, Michael Perotka. Um, I, I sure I mangled that, but, um, he just won the primary in Maryland, um, for Republican AG. Yeah. 
So he's going to be running in November against the Democrat to be the AG of Maryland. And he is a Christian nationalist and a real piece of shit. So this is from Vice. Um, He's a former board member, not even just a member, a board member of the Neo-Confederate League of the South, has said that he's still, quote, uh, he's, quote, unquote, still angry that Maryland was blocked from seceding during the Civil War. He thinks public education is a communist plot, says laws protecting abortion and gay marriage are illegal and enforceable because they violate God's law. And the concept of the separation of church and state is a, quote, unquote, great lie. So. Uh, and of course, he's you know he's uh, an election denier. So he has every intention of becoming attorney general and then just using abusing actually not using abusing his power to go after go after Democrats and Republicans who did not support Donald Trump and people who put COVID protections in place because Maryland did relatively well when it came to COVID and of course. That's a, that was an assault on freedom, and this guy is an absolute bug shit, crazy lunatic. That's who Republicans voted for. Oh, disgusting, uh, Bob. Yeah, who, who's your pick this week? Well, mine's related to Justin's because I picked uh, Dan Cox. Yeah, that was the other guy I was the thinking about. <laughs> yeah, the appropriate last name, Cox for Maryland. How about that? How about that for a slogan? <laughs> what if they decided to use it? Wouldn't that be great if it was the slogan was Cox from Maryland? Well, he is a he is a Cox, I guess you could call him. Um because he's a, cult. He's yeah, a bag of Cox. He is he is QAnon. <laughs> he's a nine uh, eleven truther. He, he chartered buses to the ellipse uh on one six. He's basically the Maryland equivalent to Doug Mastriano, who's the maniac running for governor in Pennsylvania. And this guy, Dan Cox, was just nominated by the Republican Party to be governor of Maryland. So it's going to be either Westmore or Tom Perez versus this maniac. And um, I I hope this speaks to uh, the Democratic Party's own version of Operation Chaos. Democratic Party in Maryland wanted Doug Cox to be nominated for Maryland. Yeah. Yep. I was going to yeah. bring that up. They and the, the idea same thing. is that uh, he would be, and he is so extreme that Maryland would never elect him governor. And that's a gigantic roll of the dice. I don't want to play poker against the Maryland Democratic Party. They, they are really taking a chance uh, in uh, making this guy or helping to make this guy the nominee. Um, <laughs> because if he's elected, we are so fucked. And yeah, all it would yeah. take, and uh, my friend David Ferguson on my Thursday podcast brought up this fantastic point, which is that, you know, right now it looks like whoever the Democratic nominee is going to be is a safe bet. And it's right now, I think the last time I checked, at least yesterday, it was too close to call. But, I, you know, people are saying they hope it's Wes Moore. Regardless, mm. well, Democratic, guys, yeah. yeah, it could come out a month from now that the Democratic nominee was in blackface back in the 80s or something like that, completely derailing that Democratic nominee's campaign. Suddenly, Doug Cox starts to climb in the polls and becomes an actual threat. That's why this Operation Chaos, uh, helping to elevate Doug Cox to become the nominee, such a gigantic gamble and a gamble that I... Hmm, I'm not typically a betting man, but I certainly wouldn't take this one. I certainly wouldn't take that risk. 
So, uh, but regardless, the, the whole point of this is these are the kind of extremists, uh, these are the kind of fascists and weirdos that the Republican Party is elevating. And, and speaking of weirdos, I did want to mention one thing uh, that Adam Kinziger said last night during his barn burner closing remarks is he was listing all of the crazy shit that he's been witnessing from Republicans and Trump himself. And one of the things was weird fantasies. I thought weird fantasies like encompassed the entire Red Hat movement, especially when you loop in QAnon. So I just want to throw a mention of that in there because weird fantasies, that should be like the banner headline uh, for what happened last (laughs) night. Weird fantasy. Weird fantasies. Yeah. As somebody who lives in Maryland, I'm kind of worried about this. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, would you guys take that risk, that the Operation Chaos that they would that I, they pulled with Cox I, and so on? They pulled with Cox? I don't know. But <laughs> look, I do think that the, the Democrats, I'm all for the Democrats playing, getting down and dirty and doing as uh, all the kind of evil things that Republicans do to, to uh, manipulate elections. I'm uh, at this point, I'm, I just don't care. I'm like, okay, you do what you need to do to win this election. Right. Because I, you know what I mean? Even get Michael Avenatti in, you know what I'm saying? Bring him back. <laughs> like I'll, I'll, if he's the only viable guy, I'm up for it. If he's willing to fight, if he's willing to go and knife Republicans, like I'm up for it. You know, you know what I mean? Like get, 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 who, almost without exception, I would take pretty much any any kind of Democrat over the the MAGA nutjobs, right? They're, they're, I, I think you'd have to be, you know, maybe maybe a Democrat who's actually in jail. Who's that guy? Do you remember that guy from Chicago? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, uh, yeah. Which one? Was... There's a there's several of them. Yeah, with Blagojevich or something. Blagojevich. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know what? I might even vote for him, even if he was in jail. Um, y- you know what I mean? So, but this is how far I'm willing to go. So I don't know. I'm I'm a bit more liberal on the um, playing d- dirty politics and taking risks uh, because you know, look, Republicans took a risk with Trump and it paid off. You know, so maybe we've got to do something. We've got. We have to do something. Um, I think winning elections fair and square has proved to be difficult for Democrats because Republicans are constantly playing, uh, changing the the playing field. They're constantly changing the rules. So you know, it's like I, we bring mean tweets to a gunfight, and it's not it's not good enough anymore. You know, I want I want like nuclear weapons to a gunfight. Um, do you know what I mean? While obviously, you know, preserving democracy and the rule of law, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, do what you need to do. Anyhow, well, look. We'll guys, find out in November. Yeah, we'll find out in November exactly whether the gamble paid off. Um, great, awesome podcast. We're going to jump into the members section now where we're going to be talking about Christian dominionism. So Justin's been releasing uh, pieces for the members um, this week. There'll be another one next week about dominionism and what it is, Christian dominionism and how devastating it is to politics in america and what it's done to the right and what it's doing to society Uh, but i have another take on this coming from a kind of an ecological perspective it's a bit more esoteric Um, i wanted to read from this uh just astounding essay that i i I read by uh an ecological thinker that i follow um it's kind of profound i wanted to get your guys thoughts on it as well um and also just to give a kind of so people really understand 
the threat of Christian dominionism and how, how dangerous this is to the future of the country. So we're going to dive into the member section. I hope you can all join us there. Get a free trial on a band of membership so you can come listen to it for free and see whether we're worth the price of admission. I hope we are. Um, I hope we, we, we um, go to battle every week, uh, do our best to pump out as much good stuff for you guys as, as, as we can, um, particularly given these mo- this moment in history. We're in pretty dangerous times. Uh, we are a members-only uh, we are a member, a subscriber-only um, uh, newsletter, right? We rely completely on you, on, on you to keep us going. So please, please, please subscribe. Uh, come and join us, and um, yeah, we'll see you in the member section. And thanks very much for listening. See you next week. <laughs>